KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego, offering the online Master of Data Science program, shaping the next generation of data-driven problem solvers. Learn more about the online Master of Data Science program from UC San Diego at omds.ucsd.edu. Good morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Tuesday, April 19th. Sempra to pay out record profits to investors. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. It looks like the San Diego County Fair will go on as usual this year after all. On Monday, a temporary agreement was reached by the two sides in a lawsuit over who should be the provider of rides and games on the fair's midway. Earlier this month, a superior court judge ruled that the state's bidding procedures benefited one company over all others and therefore violated state law. The favored company was Ray Kamek Shows. John Moot represents Tally Amusements, the plaintiffs in the lawsuit. He says instead of one carnival operator for the fair, the agreement calls for several vendors working together like in years before. So it's really going back to the future, if you will, and simply working with a model that has worked in the past and with the parties involved sharing the duties for this year's fair. Moot says the agreement is only in place for this year's fair. The lawsuit will continue after the fair ends. San Diego County is getting more than $20 million in federal and state funding for affordable housing projects. The County Health and Human Services Agency announced on Monday that the money was awarded for five affordable housing projects that will include a total of 375 units. The housing projects will be in Vista, Logan Heights, National City, San Marcos, and Carlsbad. It'll be windy in parts of the county today. The National Weather Service has issued a wind advisory for the San Diego County mountains and deserts. It'll be in effect from noon today to 3 a.m. tomorrow. Winds will be about 20 to 30 miles per hour with gusts up to 60. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. As San Diego gas and electric customers complain about rising energy bills, the company's investors are making record profits. iNews Source reporter Camivon Canel has more. SCG&E is owned by a company called Sempra, which paid shareholders their highest dividends ever on Friday. Sempra made more than $2.5 billion in 2021. Consumer advocate Edward Lopez says the payout shows SDG&E makes good money for its investors. And unfortunately, uh, those profits are borne upon the backs of SDG&E customers 
Lopez said that he wished the Utilities Commission would take note of the record profits when the company asks for higher rates. SDG&E will start negotiating customer rates for the next three years in May. For KPBS, I'm iNewsource reporter Camille Von Canel. iNewsource is an independently funded nonprofit media partner of KPBS. On Friday, San Diego Mayor Todd Gloria unveiled next year's city budget. The mayor says the new budget plays the long game for the city. This means focusing more on improving infrastructure and less on the pandemic emergency. The nearly $5 billion budget now goes to the city council. Mayor Gloria joined KPBS Midday Edition host Jade Hindman on Monday to discuss his new budget. What are the city's biggest infrastructure needs, and how are you prioritizing those in this budget? Well, they're the ones that San Diego has talked to me the most about, which are streets and roads. And there's a substantial increase in road repair funding this budget, $27 million, taking us to a total of $77 million for the fiscal year. This is the largest infrastructure investment in our city's history, uh, and we're trying to have that reflected in our roads, where, again, San Diego has talked to me the most about that asset class. But, Jade, the area that concerns me the most is stormwater. Uh, we have recently completed an assessment of all of our asset classes, and stormwater is the largest amount of liability that we have with the fewest amount of revenue resources. Uh, We have been successful in competing and receiving an over $300 million federal low-interest loan that can help jumpstart some of our stormwater programs. Uh, But we have a lot more work to do in this space to ensure not only do we prevent neighborhood flooding, but that we also maintain the cleanliness uh, of our beaches and bays. You've made alleviating homelessness and increasing housing major priorities. How does this budget reflect that? This represents a substantial increase in the city's commitment to homeless solutions and strategies. It's a $13 million increase taking the city's commitment uh, from the general fund of $63 million. What that will do is allow us to uh, increase the amount of coordinated street outreach that we perform grow the number of shelter beds by hundreds across the city and increase the amount of permanent supportive housing that we know ends homelessness for good. Uh, These are important investments. More has to be done. We need help from our county and state partners on things like behavioral health reform to address the extremely mentally ill and substance abuse users that so many of your listeners and viewers see every single day as they go about the city. Uh, But the city is meeting its commitment, stepping up its investments, and hopefully we'll do more. Beyond that, Jade, we have millions of dollars dedicated to our development services and planning departments intended to grow the overall inventory of housing for all of us. And recently, a report came out showing San Diego, like many California cities, spent the bulk of their federal CARES funds on the police budget, specifically in 2020, where 64 percent of it was spent on the police budget. Uh, In 2021, it was 33 percent. What's your response to that? And how is the city prioritizing police spending in your new budget compared to mental health resources and housing, to name a few things? Well, first off, it's a logical uh, allocation of dollars. Jade, the number one thing the city does is keep its residents safe. A large share of our budget goes to that. And so when you saw the reductions during the pandemic, it only makes logical sense that we would take rescue dollars and apply them towards those holes in our budget. And Jade, look at what's going on on our streets today. You see a proliferation of guns, in particular ghost guns, rising gang violence, things that are causing our crime rate to increase. It would be irresponsible to leave our public safety department departments underfunded. And so we would use our rescue uh, and relief dollars from the federal government to fill in those holes. This proposed budget that I'm introducing to the city council today 
fully funds our public safety departments and envisions providing additional uh, salary increases to attract and retain qualified individuals to work in our police department, our fire department, and our lifeguard service. Aside from the budget, a new two-part plan to bring transit to the airport was announced last week. This is something residents have long wanted. Why do you think there's political will to try to get this done now? I think that's a great way to frame it because it is about will. It isn't as though our trolley doesn't go next to our airport. It already does. It just doesn't connect to it and therefore is not a convenient way for many San Diegans and travelers to our community uh, to use to get to the airport. Uh, But the will is what's different. What you see is new leadership at the head of SANDAG, at MTS, at the Port of San Diego, at the City of San Diego. And I think that all of us recognize that this is really a no-brainer. This is something that big cities typically have. And for whatever reason, we have not. Uh, I think that this uh, unprecedented alignment in terms of priorities uh, and vision uh, is there. Uh, There's some work that we have to do with regard to the details on that. Um, But what we're doing with last week's announcement is being very transparent with the public that they will start seeing uh, environmental impact reports Reports being commissioned, uh, contracts being let out to get this done. Uh, This is something we've discussed endlessly for a very long period of time and have not been able to get done. I like to call that a San Diego special. The time is to now is to put that behind us, actually build this and make that connection. We have to be able to make transit and other forms of non-car based uh, mobility more viable to San Diegans. Do you think paying for this transit extension will require a voter tax initiative? And do you think voters want this enough to support it? Well, it remains to be seen how we'll finance it. What we know is that the airport authority already has hundreds of millions of dollars available to actually make this project work. We have some local funds existing and the ability to ask our federal government for a portion of the bipartisan infrastructure bill. So there are a lot of options. It may require additional resources. And if that's the case, we will um, make our case to the public. What I know, Jade, is that uh, San Diegans are very passionate about this subject. It is something that I'm asked about continuously when I'm out in the community. People just see it. They see the trolley is right there. They see the airport is right there. And they just don't understand why they don't connect. I agree with them. And that was San Diego Mayor Todd Gloria speaking with KPBS Midday Edition host Jade Hindman. The city of San Diego has a new official whose job it is to connect marginalized children and their families with the city services they need. KPBS education reporter M.G. Perez has more on the city's new Office of Child and Youth Success. Andrea O'Hara comes to the city after spending the past 10 years as the San Diego Unified School District's Director of Purchasing and Contracts. She says her past connections will help her find resources for students and their parents to get better access to family mental health, child care, or career development and training. Her message to parents today is this to get excited because their children are going to start to have opportunities that they didn't know were available to them. City departments like Parks and Recreation and Economic Development already offer after-school programs and career mentoring, but these departments don't always communicate with each other. The hope is O'Hara and her new department will help San Diego's most marginalized families get services more efficiently. M.G. Perez, KPBS News. San Diego County opened a new community-based crisis stabilization unit in Oceanside on Monday. KPBS North County reporter Alexander Wynn has more. 
With that, the county officially opened its fifth crisis stabilization unit and third in North County. It's a place where people experiencing a mental health or substance use crisis can go to seek help outside of an emergency room. Services are provided on a walk-in basis. It's also a safe alternative for law enforcement officers to drop off people with mental health crisis for care. They are designed for the smoothest possible transition for law enforcement to hand off care. Oceanside Police Chief Fred Amijo says his agency receives several mental health services calls a day. The number of calls for service that have a mental health component to them has increased dramatically over the last several years. So it's common for several times a day that we're getting somebody into uh, some form of, of mental health services. He says the new center will cut the time officers are out on these calls from several hours down to about 10 minutes. So far this year, crisis stabilization units have helped 5,200 people. The county is looking to add a sixth center soon, this time in East County. Alexander Nguyen, KPPS News. Coming up, Escondido's Grand Avenue area is getting a huge facelift. But we're hoping that with all the improvements that are going on and with Palomar Heights building all those apartments and condos, that it draws more, more businesses to want to move into downtown. We'll have that story next, just after the break. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. Escondido's historic downtown is undergoing a makeover that could make it the next Little Italy-like scene. KPBS North County reporter Tanya Thorne gives us a look at the projects that are revitalizing Escondido's Grand Avenue. Dust, drilling, and construction workers have filled Grand Avenue in Escondido, where the Grand Tea Room is located. While tea and construction aren't the best combo, Luisa Magoon, the owner of the tea room, says she doesn't mind it. It's been a couple months, yeah, but, uh, but it's, it's okay. We're, we're excited about the end result. <laughs> She's talking about the Grand Avenue Vision Project, a plan to improve Escondido's historic Grand Avenue to drive more businesses and visitors into the city. Magoon says the improvements came from requests made to the city by business owners on Grand. We gave them ideas, you know, widening the sidewalks and putting more plants in and, and, you know, just the different ideas. And so we were super excited when we found out that they were actually listening and doing something about it. Jennifer Shunick is the Deputy Director of Economic Development with the City of Escondido. She says changes to Grand Avenue will be implemented in phases. 
The Grand Avenue Vision construction project is really the first phase in revitalizing downtown Escondido. The benefits from this project are going to help draw people to downtown, help businesses expand their operations. She says outdoor dining helped many businesses survive the pandemic and the wider sidewalks will make the patios permanent. So during the pandemic, we were able to issue temporary use permits for all of the restaurants that wanted to have an outdoor dining option. And that's something we definitely want to continue with the improvements that are happening on Grand Avenue. In addition to wider sidewalks, traffic on Grand will narrow down to one lane in each direction. Parking spaces will be added and string lighting will go up. Shunick says changes will only be seen on the north side of Grand Avenue before construction comes to a pause, right before the annual Cruising Grand Classic Car Meet resumes from May to September. Cruising Grand is a really important event in our downtown area, and we want to make sure that the event organizers feel comfortable with the state of Grand Avenue when that event starts. Then construction for the next phase is planned to start again in early 2023. Shunick says a completion date for the full Grand Avenue vision plan is yet to be determined because only about half of the $15 million project has been funded. But there's also another project playing a big part in Escondido's revitalization, right where the old Palomar Hospital used to stand. If you stand at the at the Escondido sign at the end of Grand and you look down, historically you would see the large nine-story tower of the hospital. And now that that has been demolished, we wanted to create another landmark. Ninia Hammond is with Integral Communities. The developer is replacing Palomar Hospital with Palomar Heights. It's a mixed-use development and the plans call for over 500 homes, some luxury and some what the developers call attainably priced. Our idea was to bring a product type to the market that was smaller in size and uh, lower in bedroom count to try to create a product that was attainably priced. What we describe that as is an entry-level buyer. 90 rental units will also be specifically for seniors 55 and over. Plus, it includes some retail and restaurants. And we tried to be careful about the amount of retail that we incorporated. Uh, we really didn't, we wanted it to be additive and not cannibalize the existing retail. Hammond says construction of the development will take between three to five years. And back at the Grand Tea Room, Luisa Magoon is looking forward to what's ahead. But we're hoping that with all the improvements that are going on and with Palomar Heights building all those apartments and condos, that it draws more, more businesses to want to move into downtown in addition to the customers. Tanya Thorne, KPBS News. And that's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening and have a great day. KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org.